Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and on this episode of In the House, we're going to be talking about water heater expansion tanks. Let's go. In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. Each week, I'm joined by a panel of experts. We pick a topic and we discuss it in depth. It's meant to be informative and hopefully bring you some value. Today, I've got Dwayne, Scott, and Ricky with me. Oh, were you waving? Hi. <laughs> sometimes, though, sometimes you'll like do that to get my attention. You're yep. like, wait, don't, don't forget Hi. this. <laughs> Hi. That's the first time you've ever waved at me when I'm saying we got Dwayne with us. <laughs> anyway, these guys are the managers over the plumbing service department at Any Hour Services. Um, an expansion tank is not part of a water heater per se, but it is a common component and a required component for a tanked water heater system, correct? Yes. That technically wasn't your first question. I know I kind of threw it off because I turned that into a question. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking all about um, these expansion tanks today, what they do, um, why you need them, you know, stuff like that. So let's start out with the basics. For those that don't know, Scott, tell us what an expansion tank is. All right. So an expansion tank is is something that's on the, the water system that protects it from expansion and contraction. So as a water heater now you said up. protects it and you said water system as the subject of that so the expansion tank is it protecting the water system or the water heater the the whole system is protecting so, the system yeah the water heater is what creates the expansion and contraction as water goes in the in the heater and it and heats up you're creating more volume more space and more pressure okay and so therefore you need somewhere for that to go so um, you'll typically find an expansion tank on your water heater. Um, and that's there designed to protect the entire system, including the water heater. What other things besides the water heater would it be protecting? The entire plumbing system because water, when it's heated, is it creating more space? You're, you're increasing the the pressure in your water system. Completely. Oh, I got gotcha. you. If your pipes, your faucets. Gotcha. And it'll probably become more clear as we talk about this. So if the expansion tank wasn't there because of the way our systems are designed now and they don't have the, the flow doesn't go back to the city, it goes elsewhere in your home. And so it could cause excess pressure on fixtures and different things like that. That's why you say it's protecting the whole system. Correct. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So, um, why do we need an expansion tank because we were kind of discussing this before like is an ex is an expansion tank is that a code requirement um yeah def definitely is it's in the code um history on that a little bit is from i can remember it coming into the 98 code mm -hmm. and where they started talking about it uh, by 2004 it was definitely code and then long about 2010 even the manufacturers of most water heaters are now printing on the sides of the boxes it must be supplied with an expansion tank when it comes to plumbing code are plumbers like electricians and I, the reason i'm bringing this up is because i remember every time there was a code change made to the electrical code it would be it would be essentially like that you hear rumblings of like oh they're going to start requiring this they're going to start requiring that and, and the electricians are like kind of grumbling like why are they doing this to us and then all of a sudden like so you say 98 you start hearing it like coming into the code and things like that but then it's kind of readily acceptable or accepted in you know early 2000s right and really what happened is after 9 11 
in 2001, the uh, pretty much the Homeland Security wanted all the water departments to secure their water systems. Really? And so one of the changes that really happened is the way they're now metering the water coming in. And most of the water departments went through, at least here in Utah, I don't know how extensive that went, but most of the water departments started installing a one-way check valve at the meter. So before then, you know, the question is, well, why, why do we need them now? And we didn't back in the day. Well, before then, if it thermally expanded, there weren't any check valves on the system, even Ex a pressure, even... Okay. Explain what a check valve is just for people that are listening oh, okay. that might not know. Yeah, so there, a check valve makes water flow one way and will not let it flow backwards okay. the other way. And so even some people consider the pressure regulator in the home to be a one-way device, but there's a little teeny bypass hole in they used to be. I don't know if that's still currently that way or not, where the water could pressurize and go back into the city system. And we didn't, we weren't concerned about thermal expansion. But once they installed that check valve at the meter, and along with that, they did all the radio frequency. You go out to your meter cover, and there's a little wire. If you ever pull your meter cover, there's a wire that comes up and, and everything. So now they just, instead of having to go and open a meter physically and look at it, they just drive by and it uploads into the computer. Do they have to drive by and stop, or can they like just be driving? whatever the speed limit is, and it just, like, picks everything up? I have no idea on that. Because I'm wondering if it's like the Google car that you see going around taking pictures of the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't either. Know. It's a good question. Yeah. Great. Question. I got good questions. It's you do. Question. I'm the host. You do. <laughs> host with the most. So anyway, so that's, that's, why, that's why we needed them. We need them now more than ever. Okay, so it used to be that the way that our water systems work water would come into the home and if there was any excess pressure there was a way for it to overflow back to the city to the source where it was coming from right. Correct. then they started in, uh, installing these check valves that did not allow that excess pressure to go back and now all that pressure it creates a closed system with the plumbing right. and all that pressure is trapped in your house but that pressure is still trying to go somewhere and that's where it becomes like what happens when you've got pressure building up in the house. Like, why is that a bad thing? Which would explain, I guess, why we need these things. But why is all that pressure bad? I think the question we went to was, why do we need them? And it's safety uh, uh, is the biggest part. Uh, they came out with the expansion tanks. Um, and the manufacturers have now um, adopted uh, uh, that we have to have them on the systems in order for uh, the units to be warranty. Am I correct with that, Dwayne? Yes. So, of course, it's a safety thing, but what are some of those potential, uh, you know, what are the potential things that could go wrong with that excess pressure in the house? Well, think about... In the house in the, in in the, the show. <laughs> I uh, didn't even do that on purpose. But, hey, it happens sometimes in the house. I like it. I do, too. <laughs> That's why I stopped the show <laughs> to point it out. Okay. okay. Anyway, so... <laughs> What are those things that could happen? Well, I remember being a kid, my mom used to bottle um, all sorts of things, and she would use a pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. um, and that thing always scared the crap out of me because it would build so much pressure, and she'd have to go and tap on the little relief valve to, so the thing didn't blow up. Um, in essence, that's what this closed system is now becoming. And if there's no way for that excess expansion to release, then we got we got some major problems going on you know there are stories out there of 
you know, water heaters turning into, you know, bombs and missiles and flying out of houses and things like that when the system is not able to release that pressure or be in containment and work properly. So it, it is like Ricky said, it's a huge safety thing. You know, I read, I read one factoid on that that I thought was kind of interesting that it said that water in a closed tank at 50 PSI when heated to just 10 degrees more will reach 250 PSI. That's not much. I mean, that 10 degrees more in a closed tank, if you can imagine that 250 PSI, they're rated and tested at 300 PSI, but you could easily, if you went to 20 degrees, you would easily exceed that 300 PSI if there weren't any other of the safety devices like the temperature and pressure relief valve on the system. Well, we also talk about um, the importance of having the right water pressure in the home. You know, aside from safety, if you've got excess pressure on the components in the house, is that not also shortening their lifespan as far as like the the valves and the, uh, you know, the, the gasket, not gaskets, what are those little the washers and things on the fixtures and things of that nature. Doesn't that um, shorten the lifespan of those? You can start getting drips and leaks and, and things of that nature. Is that, would that also apply here with ex, this extra pressure that's being created? Absolutely. Yeah. It comes through the city, through the uh, reducing valve into the um, water heater and then it disperses out through. And then when you have your pressure back, if it has the expansion tank on there, I think it's like 0.53 gallons just in a 40 gallon tank as it's heating up that it will go back into the expansion tank and when you open the system then that water will come back out of the expansion tank that allows for um, they say that at a certain point that the, the tank itself of the water heater um, the uh, welds and things can rupture inside uh, with minimal amount of pressure um, so that expansion tank is uh, is critical many aspects of the plumbing system throughout the entire house well it's interesting that we talk about um, the pressure that it creates it's like and you bring it up we put that pressure uh, reducer where the water comes in and then we have this thing that's creating all kinds of new pressure <laughs> inside the house you know that uh, we we now have to relieve and the way that we do it with this uh, expansion tank so let's um, talk how does someone know if they actually have an expansion tank um you'll find that right above the water heater um, on the cold side is where it should be and it looks uh, i mean we have a we have one sitting up in front of here but those that that can't obviously see that it it's a cylindrical device uh, they're typically tan or blue um, and it's just a tank that has a rubber bladder on the inside and so it, it looks it looks um if you're listening to the show, just Google water heater expansion tank and you'll see exactly what they what they look like. And if you go to down to wherever you're and you because you don't have to put them on a tankless water heater, right? Um, if it's recir- if it's recirculating, you need it. Controversy. Contro- controversy. Is this, is this like a <laughs> controversial topic? Uh, yeah, maybe. There's some new codes. Yeah, that are there's coming code out. changes uh-huh. and things that are happening in 2018. You heard it here first, folks. Yes. Maybe not first, that, but <laughs> that you are, heard it here. That are what requiring them on all on all hot water systems. Yeah, yeah that and that was a new revisement to the the new code. So so only if if your tankless has a recirculating pump on it. Mm, it's insane. No, no matter what. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. yeah. 
See, that's, this is a, situ- a new new one that I just discovered. What, when does that go into effect? Well, most of the cities will adopt it. It's the 2018 code, so they'll adopt it in 2021. They always adopt wow. three years later. So that's most of the cities will start using the 2018 So what I said code. in the beginning, as far as it being part of a tanked water heater system, incorrect. It's I didn't incorrect. lie. I was misinformed. You led us all astray. I did. Stored water, I believe, is what it was originally, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stored water in a tank. So it started out as a any hot wa- any stored hot water system, and now it's moving to any hot water system, period. Mm-hmm. It's It's been batted back and forth in the last, every three years, they update the codes. In 2012, it got deleted, and then it was, nobody really knew for 2015 code, and now... 2018, they're addressing it again. Expansion tank gate. Yep. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a better description of the expansion tank. They're about 10 oh, inches. Better. Sorry. You did anyway. a really bad yeah, job, well, Scott. They're bad. about 10 inches round. So if you go in and you're looking at your water heater and you see a tank that's about 10 inches round and about 18 inches long, looks like a little barrel kind of a thing. Um, some of them are bigger. There's a, depending on sizing, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but Hmm. uh, you're looking for that kind of a tank somewhere, usually above the water heater system. um, How, you said 90, late 90s is when, and early 2000s is when it was widely accepted. So if, um, if someone's home is older than 20 years and they haven't had their water heater replaced since then. Chances are they don't have a an expansion tank. Is that possibility? Yep. Very good possibility. Yep. Okay. So um, my next question was going to be, how do you know if you need one? But you guys are saying that, like, according to code, everyone needs one of those now. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, there you go. Go look, everybody. <laughs> um, Short answer. It was. That was a good one. Um, okay. So... Next question, as far as these expansion tanks, I mean, I, yes. Back to... For everyone uh, that's just listening, Ricky <laughs> raised his hand. I'm recognizing him now. <laughs> How do you know if you need one? We, If you want to... Protect- you guys told me it was a super short answer and told me to move on. Well, I had a little segue here. If you want to be proactive and protect your investments, um, your water heater, your system your fixtures, everything throughout your home for a, for a one, uh, one item on your system, this is probably one of the most important ones to have. And that's why they've now adopted it and require it for manufacturers and things. And it's, it's really, really important that everyone have one. One of the things that I don't understand is that we still come across water heaters where they don't have an expansion tank on them or they were installed improperly. Uh, Let's talk about the installation of it real quick, because just because your home is newer than that, it is a good idea to go and check and make sure you have it. But let's um, let's talk about some of the let's talk about proper installation, improper installation, like what it can be done wrong. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we go into homes all the time and we see it on the hot water side. Okay. Now, maybe, and, and we didn't look up every manufacturer. There might be some manufacturers that allow it on but the three that i looked up out uh, looked up at all wanted on the cold, cold water side. side sometimes we go in and find them on the hot water side weren't weren't you guys we do so many episodes of this i can't remember but like weren't you guys the ones that told me that like when it comes to water heaters there's really only three manufacturers out there of water heaters yes 
But of expansion tanks, oh, there so are more. So you okay? So the water heater manufacturers say the expansion tank goes on the cold water well, I side. I don't know what they say. Local code. The, the, local code says on the cold, cold side. side. Got it. And and the manufacturers for the expansion tanks. Ah, I see. I, I, I thought you I were talking up, about water heater manufacturer. I looked up three. Yeah, I looked up three different ones, and I believe there's four or five. Okay, gotcha. Um, but all three that I looked up said they want them on the cold water side. Okay. Of the water heater, we find them on the hot water side, and. The only the the problem is is that heat anything that gets heat expansion contraction is going to wear out quicker than than it doesn't and so if it's if it's out on the hot water side it's definitely going to wear out quicker probably not perform as well I I have a question about that because yes the expansion tank is installed on the cold water side but if you have a tank full of hot water and it's creating excess pressure and it's only going to be coming back if that pressure is high because it heated the water up would you also not be sending hot water back to the expansion tank it really doesn't the heat doesn't migrate back through on the new water heaters they've got little what are called heat traps in there oh. that there's little flappers inside that keep the water from migrating hmm. migrating back up and keep it going in one direction. Sounds like they thought about but that. But they're just little they're just little <laughs> rubber things. It's, they're not considered a check valve. Sure. No, I got But you. they're just little rubber flappers that help control that heat. That was a really good question. That was a Mike. good question. That you I think you researched that before you got I didn't. On. I'm just sitting here on the, the logic that you're using is like, no, you, hot water heats things up and I'm like, well, you got hot water going back to it. But I was wrong. You don't you got little rubber things in there. So the the inside of the expansion tanks, they do have a rubber bladder in there okay and there when you look at an expansion tank you'll see a couple of welded seams on there or a welded seam and that rubber bladder is attached to that welded seam inside and then half of it's epoxy coated on the water side and then on the non-water side where the rubber bladder expands and moves up into like a like a i don't know a billow or anyway like a balloon blowing up inside of a, a jar kind of a thing that side is not um, protected with epoxy coating because the water's not supposed to get in there so one of the things that we see and then it's really important to install it properly um, to position it properly is is another thing they can go in any position but the smaller ones are a, we call them the two gallon tank and they hold about two gallons of water if everything was fully expanded. So two gallons is 8.3 gallons per, or pounds per gallon. So you're looking at 16 pounds. And so you kind of do need to support either the piping or the expansion tank itself. The larger one, the one we call the 40, or the five gallon one, it holds 4.8 gallons. And so you're looking at close to 40 pounds of, of weight. And so if you've got plastic piping or PEX piping or something and it's perched out there and should it rupture and fail and fill totally all the way up it could be 40 pounds and they're, they're that's heavy that's yeah. a lot of weight how is it supposed to be supported is it that strap that's got the holes in it that like goes around it and ties up to the joist or 
it can be any any means of support either support the piping on both sides if it's well, a vertical. i come from louisiana and we do some really strange things there. hey it could Duct take it could be straw string like, and bailing wire you it can know? oh yeah, yeah. just sweet awesome wire that's my kind of just, install <laughs> just something i mean we typically use we typically use the plastic perforated tape mm-hmm. on it because um, that's just one of the things we carry on our truck and use extensively in, okay. in what we do but but especially if the if it's if it's horizontal in direction, you definitely need to have that supported, and an extra strap somewhere around that. But you're saying some of them are installed up and down instead of popping right. out to the side. Right, up and down. Then all you're needing to do is support the piping, mm. so that the piping couldn't sag if that totally filled up. So those are, you know, that's kind of where your proper install goes. Okay. Um, then with calibration, it's really important to calibrate them properly. One of the things that we see all the time, especially on the new construction houses, we go back after a house is two years old. They call us out because they want to remodel or add a basement bathroom. We start checking pressures and they come pumped up from the factory at about 35 pounds. And the reason they do that is because it's a pressure vessel and they keep it at the right amount of pressure so that as, as it travels on, on trucks or through air or however they're shipped all across the place, it they won't overly expand and explode. So it leaves plenty of room for expansion, but they need to be pumped up to match the house pressure. And so before you ever install one, you've got to check the, um, the house pressure and know what that is, and then you pump up the expansion tank. There's On the end of it, there's a little bicycle tire kind of a valve a tire type of a valve in there that you could just use a hand pump on and then pump it up to the right pressure can you use the tire pressure gauge that you got in your glove box that you never use to go and test Um, that or do you need something a little bit more calibrated you know i've always gone digital with mine just because it's hard to tell the difference between when you're wanting to get around 60 to 70 PSI. Got it. It's hard to tell on the one you use. Are we at 60? Are we at 62? Are we at 68? It's kind of hard to tell. That makes sense. So um, let's talk about that a little bit more in depth because if someone's listening to this episode and they want to go check and see if their um, if theirs is calibrated properly, because there may be somebody that's in a new home and you just described an example where and and correct me if I'm wrong. If you're in a newer neighborhood and there's not a whole lot of homes in that neighborhood yet, maybe you're one of the first ones and the city supplies a certain amount of pressure. I mean, can't the pressure change over time as far as like how much pressure is coming to the house or would it be, would it be steady or regulated by your pressure reducing valve? For the most part regulated the system, the system is pressurized the cities Mm -hmm. and it constantly changes based on the additional homes and subdivisions and everything so it is a fluctuating system that's monitored on the city side so it'll be it'll be fairly consistent but the regulator is what's going to protect your home from that movement got it okay so when you go down and you check let's talk about the proper way to check you said put the uh the the pressure gauge on the little end to check the i'm going to say tire pressure but the air pressure um i've heard some people say that like you should open a valve in the house somewhere to get an accurate pressure. I've heard some people say that you shouldn't. What is our take on that? 
Well, it is a two-part system. If you're going to check your expansion tank, you need to know your water pressure first. Okay. So make sure you're getting a good pressure reading. It's also good to know your um, static versus dynamic water pressure. Um, Explain that. That's a whole different conversation. Sounds technical. Basically, running water versus water standing when it's sitting and everything's not not working. You need to know what that is um, to be able to set your your water your expansion tank let's just assume that somebody listening is smart enough to like do those calculations walk me through uh static pressure versus what was the other one dynamic dynamic pressure okay what should the difference in those be and how do you calibrate your expansion tank to that so we are going to set it off of stagnant pressure when it's sitting sitting cash that's what we're looking for for the expansion tank so we don't want anything running you need to know what that is. We, we actually do, though, need to open up a faucet first and then shut it off and then to relieve the any pressure that Equalize. has built up. Equalize. Could, Equalize. Yeah, to see what our, good word. our baseline is. So once, once that's set and ready to go, you can put your pressure gauge on down at your water heater out on a, um, a faucet that, I mean, it, it can't have an air gap type of a issue, a vacuum breaker, because that could also throw off your reading. So your laundry tap's a good place to check it. Laundry tap at the water heater. At the water heater, there's a valve. As long as it's not plastic, be careful there because that could cause some issues. Um, anyways, that that's where you want to. Okay, so check what that, that pressure is. And if it is 75, you want to set your expansion tank air pressure to 75. You want those to be about the same? Correct. And if you're, if you've got your, um, your water on and everything, you, you really should, when you calibrate that expansion tank, it shouldn't have water in it or pressure on it to calibrate it necessarily. Um, you want to get the water off to the water heater or, or take the expansion tank off to be able to, to truly calibrate that to the correct water pressure. I think that's what the debate was that I was looking up online where they were saying when you're go- if you try and add air to it to open a valve so that you don't have a false pressure reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but you're saying shut the water off coming in. You have so to have sh- zero PSI on your system. So is that done by just uh, shutting the water off the cold water coming in? Yeah. Shut off the cold water, open up a hot faucet somewhere that will relieve the pressure on that side, the hot water, going out and also the on the expansion tank that'll get you to zero pressure uh, since we're we're covering this and we have all the experts here what's your thoughts um do you shut the water heater off gas and get your your heat off of it to bring it down to yeah you should you, you should go ahead and turn your turn your thermostat down to vacation right okay. so the, yeah, just the pilot to... stays on you don't want it to be coming on while you're trying to do all this calibrating because that 10 degree rise in temperature, you know, brings it up, what, 200 PSI, you know, very quickly. And so. And when you, another just technical thing, when you open that faucet up somewhere in the house, that hot tap, do you leave it open or do you just open it so that it relieves the pressure? Like let it run five, 10 seconds and then close it again. Because if you've got the heat turned off, it's not going to be creating more pressure. You've got the cold water coming in. That's not going to create the pressure. Do you just open it to relieve it and then shut it? Or do you let that water run while you're pumping it up? As long as the water's out of it, you you know, there's no pressure built up in it. If you're concerned about it, just leave it open. Okay. You know, it's better to err on the side that there's nothing in there 
and and get a proper reading. I guess you could shut it off and have it open the water heater tap down (laughs) down below, couldn't you? Yeah, you could do that too. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to just get it to where it's drained down somewhat. I mean, the pressure's the water heater well on the hot water faucet where it's you can obviously tell when the pressure goes and then it's just dribbling. But then I shut it off because I don't necessarily want to drain our two and three story homes all the way down to a basement faucet gotcha kind of a thing and so it it just as long as you're at that zero you know no pressure on there and the thermostat is turned down on that i think we're i think we're good a minute a minute running an open hot faucet you know gives you a void at the top of the heater and and lets the water well i mean leaves the pressure and it's a good point you know we've we've all noticed like if you're running your water hose outside and you shut the tap off and then it like just slowly like loses the pressure like you know that's yeah. a, is that, that what you're exactly saying? the same thing exactly the same thing some i some made a perfect analogy perfect analogy sometimes sometimes we find that the the um, expansion tank is on the back side of the water heater valve or on the more towards the cold water inlet side and that in that case you would have to shut down the whole home mm in order to be able to get to that zero pressure. We try to put ours after the water heater shut off valve just so that it's easier to service and maintain. Okay. Um, the, the other aspect of it, you mentioned that there are different sizes of um, expansion tanks. How does someone know uh, what size they need or if the wrong size was put on? Yeah, so generally speaking, any 40 or 50 gallon water heater, a two gallon expansion tank or that smaller one is gonna be just fine. Um, if you jump up to, if you're at a 75 gallon, you're kind of on the fence. Um, it would be better to err on the side of, I mean, we don't see too many 75 gallons that are still being installed out there. Most of the time, at least here in our market, they go with 240s or 250s. And at that point, you've got 80 or 100 gallons, and that's definitely the five-gallon expansion tank. I've done some boiler systems before where, I mean, that expansion tank was, gosh, uh, six feet around and eight feet tall on Holy that thing. Cow. Yeah, for for this, you know, for huge boiler systems where there's two of them that, that tandem off each other and things like that. And so the, it's, it's really important to have that, you know, that expansion tank sized properly. If you get beyond that, there are charts that help you help you size beyond that but generally on our residential side that's yeah, that's probably beyond it. what most people are going to uh, come across but you did bring up a common thing here 240s 250s do you have an expansion tank per heater or do you have an expansion tank for the system like one at the cold water coming in and then it goes and feeds both water heaters usually just one One's just sufficient. one yeah if you have 240s that equals 80 do you all of a sudden go to that bigger uh, five four point eight gallon or yep. whatever? Yeah. yeah, I always used a, uh, the bigger unit when I was with two water heaters, no yep. matter what the size. Yeah, yeah me too. Yep. You yes. just ignored sizing. Well, no, it's what the sizing charts show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kidding. ignore it. We just know. <laughs> oh just man, know. I'm kidding. Okay, so um, how long do as you're getting stink eye across the table. <laughs> how long do expansion tanks last? Or how long should they last? Uh, that one's on me. There's many factors. Uh, so you're saying it depends. No, I don't use the word depends. We already covered that. 
Uh, installation. <laughs> I let's, couldn't let's, resist. Let's go back to installation. As uh, it depends on the installation. I got you. We talked. Dwayne <laughs> had talked extensively about it, installation. Uh, that's one of your factors on how long they last. Uh, water quality. Uh, calibration is as another big one as far as expansion tanks go. You know, it's half air, half water, and you want to keep it equalized to the system. It's like uh, anything else, your car and all the dynamics of tune-ups and uh, keeping everything up to date and running smoothly. Same thing with an expansion tank. As far as how long they last, um, there really isn't a definite answer on how long expansion tanks last. Well, with all of those different factors that affect the lifespan of it, it the expansion tank will last until it stops working. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it, it just kind of brings back you to the importance of, of checking it. Maintenance will help anything last longer and anything that we touch. Well, let's uh, talk about maintenance because what kind of maintenance do these expansion tanks require? They sound, when we describe them, they sound like a really simple system. There's not a whole lot to it. It's a tank with a bladder. And if you pressurize it right in the beginning, it's doing its job. So, but tell me, Sorry. Tell me what the, the maintenance is that we do on these things. Oh, you want to, you always want to go down into your mechanical room. Um, I'm an, I've always um, kept an eye on all of my uh, uh, equipment my whole life. Uh, so when you go down in your mechanical room and you're looking at your system, you're going to see that expansion tank and you can see if there's any seepage going on throughout the, your connections and things what like that. What does seepage mean? Like to Tell me what that looks like. If you're looking at a couple of fittings, you could see some white corrosion and, and things like that, um, seepage around So you've fittings. got a little bit of a leak. It's seeping out. Yes. And, and Calcifying. You're, and you're getting that maybe hard water buildup or different, or you see signs like if, if the copper's turning that greenish color. Correct. Okay. And your pressure in your house, if you're a PRV, pressure reducing valve, regulating valve, um, um, is... Uh, doesn't keep working properly you can get those spikes in pressure and it can affect the bladder inside so i usually will check my expansion tank a couple times a year and pull the cap off the top make sure that my pressure is equal to what the pressure is in the house so so from what you just described the only maintenance you're doing really is just testing it visual and testing the pressure in it Anything else when you can I think, think of? I guess when I think of maintenance, though, I think of like you're doing something to it. So like I get that you're like looking at it to see if it's failing. That looking at it seems more like an inspection versus like what maintenance do we do to it? Well, it's Does all, that make sense? It's, like it's all just like with maintenance, you you change the oil in the car as part of the maintenance. Yeah, there's really not. But when I you mean, look at the dipstick, uh, that know, doesn't do anything. In inspection. That's an inspection. Yeah, I don't point. know. No, I'm um, just, I'm just, tr I'm no, just trying to understand. You know, I read, yeah. I read one thing in one of the documents as as we prepared for this that says you can wipe it down with warm soapy water and a rag once a year. What does that do? Keeps the deposits Keeps the off of it from the outside going in. If you get if you get things going from the outside that could penetrate and weaken that and tank, weaken the metal from the outside going in. Sounds like maintenance to me. I know that's amazing. You didn't describe that though. You <laughs> said you why, go and look at it. That's why we have a but, trio here. <laughs> but, but we definitely. <laughs> I, I agree. That is maintenance. I'm just wondering what wiping it down does, and that was a good explanation. I, it not, just helps keep things clean. Just tossing me a life preserver. It's, it's amazing how much. Uh, maintenance on things 
are just clean. Like keeping things clean, clean. is like maintaining them. You know, yeah. dirt is a killer of all kinds of things, or rust or seepage. You 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 should one of the other maintenance things that's not pertaining to the expansion tank, but you should run that pull that pressure and temperature relief valve mm -hmm. every year and make sure it's working because that is the ultimate safety device on it. I mean, when I was when I was looking online, that was that's one of the ways that you could actually might be a sign that your expansion tank has failed is if you start getting seepage or leaks coming from if your PR or what's that thing on temperature. the temperature TMP if your temperature and pressure, pressure valve is dribbling is dribbling so it's releasing that means that the pressure is building up it could be that your bladder has failed and it's full of water now so there <laughs> oh i get it that is such that is something that old people would sorry, laugh at. Sorry, I'm. Yeah, I've. Are you saying Dwayne's um, old? Well, yes, I was. <laughs> he laughed at a bladder failing joke, and it wasn't even a joke. He just heard somebody say, "When your bladder fails," and Dwayne's like, <laughs> "I know what that means." Sort of like how big the load is. Easy. Gosh, you guys are making me turn red again. I didn't do that it. Was, I was. That was, that was a harmless conversation. That was like five I, months ago. Well, no, I was literally. How else would you describe the bladder inside not working? Diaphragm. No other way. Well, your bladder fails. The bladder fails. If anyway, it's actually a diaphragm. That was funny. A I was, it's, it's a diaphragm. It's a diaphragm. Yeah. Is it? So we shouldn't yeah. even be calling it a bladder. Yeah. Correct. Not if you want old people not to laugh. <laughs> diaphragm is probably more appropriate. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. So um, when you when you're testing the the air pressure with your little tire gauge or whatever, if you ever have water spray out of it, that is a sign that like okay, the diaphragm has failed. Has stopped. The, the rubber bladder has failed. <laughs> okay, so um, I don't even remember you know, where I was one, going one with this. One of the things, I mean, on that when we are testing, yes, maintenance. Um, if if you do find that it was up to the right pressure at one point in time, and then you test it two years later or three mm. years later, and it's down, we often at that point do not want to try to bring that up um, because that rubber bladder in there has stretched and has stretch marks on it and when you try to pump it up even more it could stretch could even more and the stretch marks rupture or a weak or a weak spot and they can they can do that that's a good point um okay so where i was going is with your with the original question that you were didn't want to say it depends to um with how long these things last it just kind of goes back to the importance of going down and checking the pressure once a year or is that is that standard ricky i know you are an overachiever you go and do a couple it. times a year yeah. Okay. yeah the manufacturers recommend a couple times but i mean at least one a minimum of once a year everything should be checked gotcha. that, that might be overachieving and things but in order to check it properly there again a homeowner would need a pressure gauge and a, a, a pressure dial that would screw on to a hose the hose threads on either the water heater or the washing machine, and then also a a, a digital or a, a really good calibrated air pressure checker. Where where would they get? Because we've talked about the water pressure, the one that screws on looks like it's got a female hose thread on the end of it that swivels and screws on. 
has a round gauge with a needle in it, but where would they get one of those digital air pressure? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking like AutoZone or something. Yeah, AutoZone right. is not that's, a sponsor of the show. If you'd like to be. That's where I get yeah, mine. Auto parts stores, hardware stores would probably have them. Everybody missed that. Over in their air compressor section. Okay. <laughs> I, I just let it go. Yep. You just let what go? I'm looking for sponsors, man. <laughs> How how are we supposed to spread the message of this without getting sponsors? The auto stores do carry the higher end pressure gauges. Okay. Yeah, don't buy a cheap one. I had one blow up. Yeah. <laughs> like literally. 99 cents. And shot, uh -huh. and shot out yeah, of it. shot right out of it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The little white thing went boom. Yep. Did not work. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, do, do most guys you care? Wanna, you also want to be careful when you're checking that uh, with your pressure, ga your um, tire pressure gauge. The water that, if it is, has ruptured and failed, the water can be um, dark and and uh, black almost and can stain your clothes. And, oh, gotcha. Um, and I've had that happen um, to me in front of a customer, and the customer said, yeah, I think I need that replaced. And I, well, yeah, we, we can look into that, but um, that water has uh, sometimes been... Uh, Would that water be hot as well or because of that? system of the water not going backwards that's hot would it it, it do you need to worry do you need it, to it like, can it can be hot uh, i mean it, age age makes everything not work quite as right and so in age bladders fail hot water could come back out wouldn't be the water the you know the highest temperature water in the unit but it, uh, it could be warm gotcha okay um any other like final comments on expansion tanks in general i mean we cover you know, a lot of stuff oh, yeah one of the things that you can tell if your whole system has failed on your water heater and i don't think we've ever talked about this one before but your whole system has the, failed the what whole do you mean? water heater has failed yes is sometimes we'll get people will say wow i heard like a big bang almost like an explosion yeah and we call that the water heater imploding mm -hmm. and when you if you ever walk down and you see that the pipes on your water heater should be coming straight out if they're crisscross towards the pipe the vent pipe or crisscross towards the inside that water heater is done and what's happened inside is it's imploded uh parts have bulged and and the tank has bulged and gone it might not be leaking but it has bulged uh, often the bottom of the water heater down at the bottom it has a cone that comes up often there's a bulge that comes down out of that and is now hitting the burner very unsafe yeah. uh, i mean it's it's just if you ever see that, it's there is no fix other than replacing. So the pipes coming off of the water heater should be straight. Should be straight. And at I've least seen the first part coming off of it, because then you use like flex flex yeah. lines to come off. So, but if you are, if you see them leaning in or out, that's a bad sign. Then it's a bad sign. Mm -hmm. Your water heater's done. It needs to. It's it's not safe at all. Got it. Even though it might still be running, might still be working, it's not safe. Got it. Uh, let's see. That's the show. Anything else? Do you remember uh, our, when we talked about water heaters a few episodes back, quite a few, I told you I was over in, at a customer's house. Uh, yep. And um, they had no expansion tank and no reducing bound. Yep. Uh, Blew the windows out or the doors yeah. out or something? Like yeah. That. I've, I got it. was it. in a garage. Got, man, you are really hitting on all cylinders today, Mike. But, Wait, in a good way? Yeah, in a good way. Oh, okay, good. So I, I open the garage door and I look in and I'm sitting at about a 30-degree angle on a, on, a, on a pedestal and the whole side is blown out to where I could just see everything inside. And 
uh, pressure in the uh, from the street was 150 psi and there was no expansion tank and tmp had failed and but to see the parts of the water heater embedded in the drywall in the garage uh, in a refrigerator right there to where somebody could have been getting something out of that mm. refrigerator just always made me realize the importance of all the safety features that we can um, you know put on our on our water heaters because they are dangerous it's so easy for people to think that'll never happen to me yeah absolutely what you want to charge me how much to add this on here or like to bring my water heater up to code why is it so expensive to do this and so expensive to do that yeah chucking a truck down the street will come and like just swap the tank without doing any of the updates and things like that. And he'll just charge me bare bones and you know, you get what you pay for on those types of things. And so, uh, you know, it's definitely, definitely worth being cautious on those things because it is dangerous. Who's going to be walking by when that thing decides to go off. That's a great, a great, uh, avenue to close on for sure. That's the show. We'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode of In the House. If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I'd like to thank everyone for being here today, Ricky, Scott, Dwayne. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. (laughs) 